mum goes out the room, then kind of the priorities change and they will wander back through to just exactly check where mum is. And, back, and this is what children do because they are attached. And we use that word in psychology, that children are attached. And where children are struggling to make good relationships, we call those attachment issues. And there's a whole area of child therapy around helping children to recover from attachment issues. And usually the reason that children have attachment issues is because they did not have enough parental presence when they were very young. There was not enough parental presence. Sometimes that's because of uh, abusive situations. Sometimes that's because the parents had a whole range of problems. Sometimes that's because the child had health issues as well and there was separation. But that area causes a challenge in making relationship. Now, I know you might be saying, well, okay, we know where you're going now, Graham, because we as human beings were separated from God. And so now that we are in relationship with God, we sometimes struggle and have a few attachment issues when it comes to connecting with our Father God like a weaned child, where everything we've got, we want to show. Every time we lose sight, we want to go find. The times when we feel our most comfortable and our safest are when we're in His presence, like a weaned child. So I want to talk a little bit about Christmas activities. And I want to split them into three packages. So if Janet can put up the next slide, that'll be good. She's looking confused, so I don't know if I've broken it. Here we go. Have we got the next slide, Janet? Yep. Is it timed out? There we go. Okay, so I've split everything we do at Christmas into three categories. Okay, so red, amber, green. So here we go. Right, so the category one is everything that you have to do at Christmas. This is you have to do it. You have to do it whether you want to do it or whether you don't want to do it. You're going to have to do it. Now, this might be a range of things. So if you work in a range of services or jobs, you may well have to work over Christmas. You've got no choice you're on, your shift is there, you're going to have to do it. Everything else is going to have to work around because you have to do that. If you've got small children, you're going to have to do some childcare, whether you like it or not. You're going to have to do it. Now, what I find quite interesting is how many other things people attach the label have to to. That in fact, they don't have to, but they've kind of put themselves in a position where they think they have to. I mean, okay, I want you to just brace yourself for a second, but you don't have to have turkey. (laughs) You You don't have to. And if you have turkey, you don't have to order it in July 
and you don't have to arrange for it to be so large that it will feed 740 people even though there's only four of you. You don't have to do that. I'm being a bit sarky, but here's the question. What's on your have to? I have to. I have to. And that's an interesting thing. Have to. There are some real have tos, you know. We we have arranged things. I have a job. We've got a Christmas Day service. Yeah. Do we have to do it? (sighs) There's a good question. Because that leads us to the next one which is, well, we ought to. The first thing that I ought to do when I'm doing a talk like this is check my spellings. Because I spell ought with an A, which is an actual word, but the wrong one. But Mark Anderson did correct me, uh, and he was very gentle about it and said, I wonder if you've made slides with a, with a particular Scottish spelling, rather. <laughs> but um, in, in fact, the reality is that for Scottish read wrong. Because, no, it was just the wrong spelling. But there you go, that'll show me. Anyway, but there's the, then there's the ought. We ought to do it. We ought to. Well, we ought to have great Auntie Mary round because, well, it's Christmas. But she hates the kids. I know. But we ought to. And I ought to give those people a Christmas card. Why? Well, they gave us one, so we ought to, and we ought to come to church. Now, ought to is a challenge, isn't it? Because what's the difference between duty and guilt? Well, can I tell you, I think it's in the aftermath Telling the difference between duty and guilt is in the aftermath. Because if you do something out of duty, you know you should, but actually having done it, you feel glad that you did. When you do it out of guilt, you do it, and it doesn't make you feel any better. You've just got, well, thank goodness that's finished. Or, you know, I mean, I knew, I knew that's what was going to happen. Yeah, but I did it. Why? Because I ought to. And an ought to. There are lots of octas in Christian. Are you seeing the parallel here that you're going, well, wait a minute, this is not just for Christmas. You know, the hafta and the octa is not just how Christmas goes. We do this our whole lives, don't we? What we call hafta isn't necessarily hafta. We do things because we ought to, not because we want to. And then there's the last one here. This is the good one. This is the like to. This is the like. This is when we've got rid of all the haftas and all the oughtas, and everybody, including close relatives, is finally gone, and we can do the things that we actually like to. We can finally be happy. We can finally have real fun. It's our time. It's great. Now, what I've discovered in the modern age, and maybe the modern age isn't any different from anywhere else, but we've kind of got to the stage in lifestyle where an awful lot of like to is just nothing. What do you like to? 
I like to stop. I like to end. I like to be on my own. I like to have no demands. I like to just not have anything expected of me. I like to not have to. I like to not ought to. Now I get that, but, but walk with me here. I mean, let's be honest. This, this is not, it's not pregnant with aspiration, is it? Let's be honest that. that I, what do you like to? And like to is a thing. If our lives are so filled with have to and ought to, our like to is actually, we like a vacuum. We just want it all to stop. We want it to end. Somebody leave me alone for goodness sake. That's a sad thing. But here's the other bit with this. Is the Bible says to us that if we have a good relationship with Jesus, then in the green like to category is we like to spend time with Jesus. So we don't do it because we have to, because we know that it's a good thing and spiritually we'll be in trouble if we don't and, you know, generally speaking, it's an obligation that we have. We don't do it because we ought to, because we're guilty if we don't, or we feel it's a kind of duty that we need to fulfill. In other words, this. In your list of things that you get out of the way before you get to the bit that you like to, does that include spending time with Jesus? Is that a bit that you have to get out of the way before you get to what you like to do? Because for Christians, that would indicate a realignment requirement, wouldn't it? That would indicate that we maybe have to realign a bit that actually that's not ideal. That what we, what we like to do is supposed to be like a weaned child. That mom is there and we feel reassured. That Jesus is there and we feel reassured. That whatever we do, we like to do it because he's around. Whatever we have, we like to show because it matters to us intensely what he thinks. And what we prioritize in our lives, we're always looking forward to the next opportunity when we can be in Jesus' presence. This is why Jesus came. Jesus came not to give us a new set of responsibilities, not to provide us with a new set of duties, but to provide us with a relationship opportunity that allows us to have an attachment which is healthy and secure. So my challenge to you this Christmas is, and I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad, goodness knows I've been there myself, but if spending time with Jesus is in the have to or the ought to category, and it's another one of those things that we tick off so that we can finally get to the bit that we enjoy, then maybe we need to spiritually realign this Christmas and think about what we're doing with our relationship with Jesus. If you haven't met Jesus yet, then Jesus does this. 
He puts your life in context. What you do, what you need, who you are, becomes defined in God's great grace. That you matter, you have significance, you can be secure like a weaned child. Not a crutch, but a context. He can put right what you carry. He can take burdens away. He can heal diseases. And that's exciting. If you haven't met Jesus, then let me introduce you to him today. And if you have met Jesus, but he's in the have to or the ought to category, let me encourage you to shift. Think about how you shift to that it is a joy, it is a security, it is what you like to do today. Let's just pray. Lord Jesus, we just want to thank you that you came, that we can have a proper relationship with you. That you are not a distant and rather grumpy relative that we have to put up with uh, because it's Christmas. That you are not a gift that we have to receive and we feel duty-bound to say thank you for, even though we're not sure why. But Lord, that you are just our loving, gracious Savior, and everything that you have is for us, and that you exude security and comfort and meaning. Help us to be excited about being in your presence, we just pray. In Jesus' name, amen.